Monster 187. Two sisters that love listening to true crime podcasts and decided to give this shit a try. Since we are Texas through and through, we will be researching murders across our Lone Star State. 187 is slang for the penal code for homicide. Since police codes are unique by city and county, we decided to simply use something that most people would get. We know this code isn't specific to Texas, but hey, we like it and it's our podcast, so we do what we want. Lone Star 187 most definitely contains elements that are not suitable for some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Unit heading out to that disturbance act of shooting a vehicle. Go ahead and reduce but continue, reduce but continue at one point. Case file 50, the suitcase killer. We're back. Hello, we're back. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the shit show of this podcast. Like, who are we again? What's who going on? Wait, where huh? am I? What, what day is it? I think I'm Carrie. I think I might be Brittany. And what together is, we are Lone Star Lone one, Star 187. Yeah, what she said. <laughs> so today's a special episode. Why is it special? Because this is case file number 50. This So this is our 50th episode. A uh, no. It's our 50th case file. Oh, fair enough. I'm sorry. It's our, what's the difference in a case file and an episode? Because some of our case files are two-parters. And we also oh, have enough. bloopers. And then we have bonus episodes. Okay. So episode-wise, we're higher. But our case files, so we've gone over 50 murders. Murders. And the, counting the crime times, it's probably closer to 70. Agreed. Yes. So congratulations to making it to the 50th case file. Congratulations, sister. Thank you. It's been a very fun journey. I it has it. been. I still enjoy it. It's not just researching the stories that I have found I like. Here lately, for me, it's been how I get to the stories and how the stories are like, shit. <laughs> She's so excited, guys. Are like getting entangled in my life. In I'm your life. George Costanza, worlds are colliding. <laughs> this is what it's like when worlds collide. So are you ready to go? Because I'm ready to go. Spider. Cheers so, to spider. Skull. <laughs> skull. Team. And spider is Rob Zombie's brother. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. The singer of Power Man 5000 is Rob Zombie's brother. And that's your heavy metal trivia for the night. <laughs> that is your gift for sticking with us for 50 fucking case files. So agreed. 50, which we have talked about people being killed 50 different times. And then some. Yes. So thank you guys out there listening, because if you weren't out there listening, we would probably still be doing it. But it's super fun because we know that you look forward to the episodes. And some of these case files we wouldn't have had had our wonderful listeners not told us about them. That's a good point, too. And said, hey, you should check this out. So there's that. Yep. Okay. So 50th case file. It's a doozy. And so where where are we going? Where are we at? Do you have when the are we? ready? Do you have your machine ready? I'm ready. My flux capacitor is fully charged. <laughs> Did you get it at O'Reilly's? <gasps> oh, oh, oh. O'Reilly's Auto Parts. Ow! 
and we would like a sponsor from yes, O'Reilly's. Yes, please. Jerry and Teresa are going to like that because we always sing that when we go to the races. Perfect. So we're not going to go too far. We're going to Lubbock. Oh, that's where Brenna goes to college. Yes. Yes. Okay, On that's a little scary. On a scholarship. <laughs> we're going to Tuesday, September 13th of 2005. Again. And summer. We're done with summer. Some bitch in summer. We're done. We are way done. It's not cold enough yet. Yep. And a little trivia about Lubbock. It is the 11th most populous city in Texas. Didn't Hmm. realize that. I didn't realize that either. Um, Census in 2019 was 258,870. And uh, in 2000, it was 199,564. And this crime happened in 2005. So does that, I guess that population doesn't include the college students, right? I would assume so. Because they're not permanent residents. Oh, I don't know. How does the census work? I don't know. That's a good question. I well, think they only count people that live there. Uh, it is known for Texas Tech Red Raiders. Of course. Um, also, it is the home of Buddy Holly. Yes, I am aware. I actually went to his... Ooh-wee, you, I look just like Buddy Holly. Oh, uh-oh, and your Mary's having That's more. not Buddy Holly's song. I know. That's Weezer. Okay. But he All talks right. about Buddy He Holly. does. Um, I thought you were singing a Buddy Holly song. No. And I was like, wait, no, that's just made me think about Buddy Holly. Um, one of the times that I went to visit Bren when she was at the school, I left early the next day and drove to where there's like a big memorial statue of him Mm -hmm. in the downtown Lubbock. And then actually went to the cemetery where he's buried and there are pennies all over it. Oh, wow. It's really cool. It was cool whenever I went. So my sources, I course went to newspapers.com and newspaperarchives.com and I watched three documentaries. Uh, one was Last Look of Summer on the ID channel. Uh, the series is called See No Evil. One Deadly Mistake is the, sh- is the show on um, ID and the episode was called The Buried Truth and there's a Forensic Files and it's called Seeing Red. Oh shit. So and I have to give it to these three, three episodes because they were all all the information was on point. It's very consistent very with consistent. each episode. Because I, when they do interviews, if it's just random people, I don't really take that into consideration. But when the detectives are on there, what they say, because they saw it firsthand, is what I take. Yep. So we're going to the Lubbock landfill. Yes. Nobody wants to be there in September. Absolutely not. It's a hot. No. It's already stinky. It is. It put some September summer heat in there. Mm-mm. And the whole summer has gone by, right? Oh. And it's full of college students. Can you imagine oh what kind God. of trash is in there? All the takeout. No offense to them, but all the takeout and all the puke and all, all the all empty the puke. all the puke and all the empty bottles of whatever. And you know, they make like the nasty like trash can punch and stuff oh with like my God. so anytime the dump the, trucks come and dump the trash. Oh, okay. The loads. There are two or three people I'm that sorry, just they kind dump of, their loads. They dump their loads. At the landfill. At the landfill. <laughs> Another men watch. That's disgusting. And while they watch, they just look for anything odd, right? So one of the workers is is looking, and he sees this giant black suitcase. So they actually have people on watch yes. that watch for stuff that gets dumped? That, I did not know that happened. Because sometimes... Is that everywhere or just Lubbock? I don't know. It's a good question. Yeah, I didn't um, know that. But they just look to make sure nothing is odd, right? Or like, what if a dog got stuck in there or... A raccoon or something. We know. Okay. So just to make sure, and, and also to watch them dump it out, make sure it's spread evenly. So this one man sees this black suitcase fall out, and it looks like a brand new suitcase, and he's like, hmm, that looks odd. 
let me go see what's in it. Because if it's just empty, then he can open it so that as things are crushed, it will crush easier. And as he opens it, guess what he finds? I'm guessing not clothes like a travel bag. It's not your, not your like your jeans and your 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 bathing suit and your underwear and your cologne and your deodorant and your socks and your bathing suit and your shorts. No. Shit. It is a nude female body. Oh my god. Dead. <sighs> okay. So nine one one call goes out at about ten a.m. And Detective Sergeant Chris Brunig uh, heads over to the scene. And he said as he's driving there, he can tell by the way that the 911 dispatcher is describing the scene that this is of grave concern. He's like, you know, sometimes we get calls where they're like, oh, we think there's a mannequin in this or we see a dead, you know, we think it's a dead person. And they go out there and it smells horrific, but it's not as bad as it seems. So okay. in Lubbock, you know, I mean, it's a college town. So to find a dead so body. So sometimes it is a mannequin in Lubbock. Sometimes. Yes, it is. Today it's not yes. a mannequin. Today it's not. So he's not in a big hurry. He's thinking it's not going to be a big deal. He's like, he's probably a little annoyed that he has to go out there. Well, he right? could tell that it it was out of the norm. Oh, okay. Like he we could tell like mm, this is different. Like normally it's not a bad call, but this is this is a bad call. Got it. So he gets to the landfill and he meets Detective Doug Sutton, which is one of the other people that um, is on the case, and also DA the DA Matt Powell, and they're looking around at all this and they're like. It smells so bad. It's hot. And they're down in the landfill. So there's like... No breeze. He was like, there's no wind down here. It's, it's just stink. Mm. It's just solid stink. Nothing's been touched. Everybody was like, get out, of, get out of here. And they could tell that the body was in a fetal position. And they could tell that there were some injuries to the body, but nothing significant. Meaning like no bullet wounds. They could see no gaping holes. No stab wounds or anything just, like that. That it had had some, some maybe some beatings and some scrapes, but nothing of significance. So some bruises, but not any major. Right. But clearly fatal position if she fit in the suitcase. Mm-hmm. So um, the coroner arrives and they're like, this body is no more than 24 hours old. Oh, shit. So it's very fresh. And they're obviously very concerned because, I mean, it's a landfill. So they have no idea where it came scene? from. Because this obviously isn't the crime scene and any DNA evidence is gone. Right at this point, unless it's inside the suitcase. Or on her. Or on her, because the suitcase has been... Like, they don't know what part of Lubbock it came from. No, they don't know. Or going to try and figure out if they can determine where this was dumped and start from there. I'm overwhelmed with where to start. I mean, I know I'm not a detective, but like, where do you even begin? Right, right. Do you just start close to the landfill and work your way out? Like, what do you... Well, so they first say, well, our only real piece of evidence right now is the suitcase. So we need to preserve that and mm-hmm. get that where it needs to be and make sure that we can, anything that's on it, that's left on it, isn't it's still gone. preserved. One of the detectives was saying in the, um, in the documentary, he's like, you know, it really, it made me so sad to think, oh my God, like this poor woman was not only degraded to the point that she was beaten and then killed, but then stripped naked put into a suitcase and literally thrown in the trash and to be found by men out in the garbage, you know, like how degrading, like it's one thing. I mean, it's degrading enough, but that's so bad. I agree. So when they examine the body, they see that the tattoo, she has a tattoo on her left ankle that says summer. Okay. So let's figure out who she is and go from there. So when they get her back to the morgue and the ME is looking her over, they take her fingerprints and they send them to the lab and 
uh, send it through APHIS to see if they can figure out if it's, if there's a hit. And it comes back with a woman named um, Summer Baldwin, who's 29. She's a single mother of four, and she had previously been arrested for prostitution. Oh, so that's no. how they figure out who she is. So they call her mom, who lived in Roswell, New Mexico. And she said, you know, I was cooking dinner, and my husband came in. Um, the phone rang, so he went and answered it. And he came back, and he's like, okay, you need to stop cooking and come sit down. And she's like, no, 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 I have way too much to do. I have this to do, and if that's true, I'm cooking. I can't be bothered with your nonsense. And you know it's not going to be good if you're having that kind of a conversation. So she sat down, and her husband said, you know, the police just called, and they found Summer's body. And she's like, that's not true. So she called them back, and they're like, no, we found her. This is what she looks like, and you have the tattoos. So she knew, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, it was her and her mom um, described her as a very bright and bubbly child. And she said she chose the name Summer before she was born. But she said after she was born, she fit the description so well because she had like auburn, more reddish hair, almost like a strawberry blonde. And she said she had these freckles. She just looked like Summer, like a summer day. She just, mm -hmm. that's what she looked like. Um, she's a very chubby baby. I'll show you pictures. <laughs> um, she was very good natured. Um, she grew up in North she grew up in New Mexico. She went to cosmetology school and decided she wanted to move to Lubbock to be with her Aunt Terry, who was like another mother. She moved in with her and started working, uh, and her Aunt Terry said she loved her like one of her own. So she was very loved. So that's how she got to Lubbock. So she, her body's at the morgue, and they determined the cause of death um, externally seemed to be blunt force trauma and bruising and some scrapes. And there was definite signs of a, um, a struggle. So she definitely fought back. There were some ligature marks and there was a sign of sexual assault. And she was buried alive because her cause of death was positional asphyxiation. So how her head When was, you mean buried, you mean she was put in the suitcase alive? And put in the trash alive. Oh my God. How do people not hear her screaming? Well, she had um, positional asphyxiation. So when her head, what, how he had her in the suitcase, she couldn't breathe. <gasps> oh so my God, what a been, nightmare. Right, she may have been unconscious and never woke up. Or they didn't have any proof that she was awake enough inside the suitcase to do anything. But if she was, she wasn't able to breathe and move around enough to get air. So that's why they said it's positional. Because whatever they did to her throat, they didn't break her larynx so she wasn't strangled like she was strangled but not enough to kill her it's so fucked up mm -hmm. like i'm trying to imagine i know i can't fit i will show you i'll show you a diagram so they go back to the landfill where the suitcase came from and they're like we need to interview all the drivers because they could have done it true they brought it to work with them you know um and determine the course that day and where they were so one of the drivers is like you know i do remember seeing a suitcase. I don't know if it was a black one, but I do remember seeing a suitcase in a dumpster and thinking, like, that's odd to throw that in the dumpster. So they go back to that dumpster and they examine the area around it. They don't see any evidence. Um, they don't find much, but they do see there's a camera attached Yay, to a house gonna ask. that's facing down towards the dumpster. So they go to the home and they ask the homeowner, can we review the footage? He's like, absolutely. So they go look at it and they see that the way that the fence was, the dumpster was behind it and there's no clear view. So they watch it, but they don't see any trucks come up to it. They don't see, because they don't see any um, cars pull up to it. No people walking up to it. So if somebody did put that in the dumpster. They wouldn't be able to see it. They, they didn't. They I mean, crawled her. There, there was activity, but the fence was covering it. So mm -hmm. even if someone did do it, 
they wouldn't have captured it on exactly. the video. Okay. So not that nobody was doing it. They just couldn't see it. Correct. Okay. The Emmy also finds that Summer was five weeks pregnant. <gasps> oh, no. Yes. Wonderful Texas. Do you know what that means? It's a double homicide. Yep. Because killed her and her baby. Exactly. So that ups the charges. So now, like, they're really under the gun to figure this out. So her mom did know she was pregnant, and she did call her mom shortly before, and they were excited. And she's like, you know, I know, um, you know, your aunt will help you. I'll help you. We're here for you. You know, we'll we'll figure it out. Don't worry about it. So detectives start going through her personal life, and they're like, well, maybe it was the father. Maybe he didn't want her to have the baby. Yeah. Maybe it was an affair situation, mm-hmm. and she couldn't have the baby. And she told her mom, so obviously she was excited about keeping it. So they go and talk to her best friend, Margie Estrada. And they go speak to her, and she was devastated that it had happened. And they ask her, you know, do you know who would have done this to her? And she said, well, she was dating on and off this guy named Quincy Freeman, known as Q. And he could be the father. I'm not I'm not sure. Um, but they, they, you know, they were on and off again, but there was lots of verbal and physical violence in their relationship. Oh, shit. So it's very possible that, you know. Things it, went sideways. Went exactly. So they go look. They go looking for Quincy. They find him. He comes in for questioning, and they tell him, and he was just like, "Okay, like he wasn't upset." Wow. Wasn't, he didn't really have an opinion or have any emotion that this girl that he had dated on and off has been put in a suitcase. Like, not just that she was murdered, but they found her in a suitcase in a landfill. I mean, have some hum- humanity inside of right. you to think this poor person. You know, he's like, "Well, we we broke up, and I moved on, and I wasn't even in the area." These last couple of days, I just got back. He takes a lot of ticker tests. He passes. His alibi comes back. So he is no longer. So he really just didn't give a shit about her. So while he's leaving, Margie comes back to to the PlayStation. And she's like, oh, I forgot to tell you guys. I saw um, Summer Sunday night. So this is Tuesday when they find her. I saw her Tuesday night between 1030 and 12 at a 7-Eleven. When I went to get cigarettes, she was sitting in the truck with some guy, a red truck. I don't know who he was. And I asked her, are you with Q? And she said, no, I'm with someone new. And all Margie could tell was that he was a light-skinned Hispanic male in a red truck. Okay. So they're like, all right, we're going to go to the 7-Eleven. Yep. I bet they have security footage. So they go to the 7-Eleven and they ask the workers, you know, have you seen this girl named Summer? They're like, no, we haven't seen her. So they pulled the surveillance footage. And when reviewing it at about 1130... They see what looks like could be a red pickup pull up. But I mean, the way these surveillance cameras are, I mean, they are like, it's a hard, like, why have it if you can't see? It's that bad. You huh? know, it's like really hard. To, like, you can tell it's a dark truck, but it could be black, blue, red, or green. It's really hard to tell. So they pull up, a, a man comes into the store, buys a few food items. He looks like he could be Hispanic, kind of heavy set, looks kind of older, and he pays with cash. So that's really all they see. So they're like, we're going back to the suitcase. Like all we have. So it does look brand new. So they're looking inside and there's still stuffing inside. Like, you know, when you buy like a purse and there's that paper in there. Mm -hmm. So they look all around and there's no, there's, you know, the plastic thing when you buy like new purses or new items, there's like the plastic hook, the plastic piece on the outside that holds the tag on. Well, that was still on there. So they go look on the inside and behind a tag is a paper UPC code. Yes, they can tell what store it came from. So they scan it. And I don't want to hear any shit about this. Oh, did it come from Walmart? <laughs> She's such a hater. I fucking hate Walmart. I mean, I will go there if I freaking have to, but 
I hate Walmart. And I have for a very long time. Give me that credit. Yeah. So it was made by the brand Protégé. Okay, of course. So they contacted I mean, at least put me in a freaking Louis Vuitton if you're going to degrade me that much. Can I at least get that? Okay, okay. At least Target. At least Target, <laughs> right? Come on. Or why not Burlington? They have really good... They do. Can it not be a Samsonite? I want American Tourister, <laughs> goddammit. way off. <laughs> they call and they're like, oh yeah, we only sell them to Walmart. Do you know how many Walmarts were in Texas at this time? 500,000 too many. 300 Walmarts in Texas in 2005. But there's only two in Lubbock. So they feel like... It's probably from there. If it's that brand new... The girl's from there. And the suitcase is probably going to be from there. Like, if she wasn't from there, I could see them thinking that they got it along the way. Yeah. But... So they went to the closest Walmart that's by the 7-Eleven she was last seen at. And they see that... um, They go inside. And they said that Walmart has a badass way. Well, they didn't use the word badass, but it sounded badass. The way that they have their tracking system. Like, not just... Like, when they scanned that UPC, they could tell you what day what time it was bought, where it was scanned, like which register it was scanned at. Oh, that doesn't surprise me. It's all electronic. Maybe just because I never paid attention. It's just amazing. And now it's even more so because when you go to scan your own groceries, you're being recorded. Yeah, exactly. So So they, they could tell when they scanned the UPC code. They said that two were purchased that in the last couple of days. Two have been purchased. One was at 4 p.m. the day after... She was murdered, so they think. 4 p.m. on Monday. She was found... The day before she was murdered, you mean? Well, she was found Tuesday morning, and they felt that she had died within 24 hours. So this would have been 4 p.m. Monday, so it would have been after she was murdered. Okay. So they see one was purchased at 4 p.m. that day, and they look at the security footage, and they see it's an elderly woman who paid with a Walmart credit card. So they run her history. Obviously, she's clean. No, No priors. They go visit her at her home. And she's like, oh, yeah, I'm going on vacation with my family. I needed a new suitcase. Okay, so that one was coincidental. So she's just cleared. The second one was purchased at 3 a.m. Okay, yeah, that's already sus. (laughs) Little sus. It gets worse. The sus. Okay. Mm -mm. The the person bought it at 3 a.m. And so they pull the camera footage up. In walks a young, young Hispanic male in a lime green striped shirt. He enters the store. He purchases the suitcase. And a box of latex gloves. Oh, my God. Serial killer kit. And Why didn't he... He forgot the duct tape and the zip ties. I mean, if you're well, going to do it... she's dead. She probably... So to see what he drives, they're like, we're going to go look at the footage outside. They see him leaving, but they couldn't see what color. So they back it up to when he drove in, and it's red. It's red. So her friend was good with her details. Mm-hmm. Good job, friend. They couldn't, obviously, get the license plate. They tried. They couldn't, No, but they then, did they have good footage of but, him? He didn't use cash. Oh, he used a card. He used a credit card. Good job. So they track the card, and it comes back to 25-year-old Rosendo Rodriguez of San Antonio, Texas. Oh, shit. He was known as a clean-cut guy who graduated from Texas Tech in a um, Catholic co-ed fraternity, and he was in the Marine Corps. No criminal record. And he also purchased $18 of gas at the 7-Eleven that day. Oh, so he was at the 7-Eleven. So they rewind the tape back. It was earlier in the afternoon. So since since they had a timestamp of his credit card statement, they Mm -hmm. knew what time he was there. Okay. The card is also for members of the armed reserve. So with him being in the Marine Corps, 
that's why he was there. So they contacted the Marine Reserve unit that he's mm. part of, and they're like, hey, did you do you know where he is? They're like, oh, he didn't want to stay with us. He stayed in the Holiday Inn across from the 7-Eleven. How convenient for him. So they're like, oh, geez, we need to get to that hotel right. ASAP. Yeah, right? because, because he came into town this weekend to be there for training. So he's he, supposed to be on base and they're training and he's not. Mm. So they go to the hotel and he was registered as Thomas Rodriguez. And did he have any more empty suitcases that he was preparing to fill? No. So they go to the hotel and he's already gone. Checked out, but the room hasn't been cleaned. He stayed in room 609. And they go inside. The first thing they see is, you know how like when you first walk into the hotel room, there's a little trash cans right there. Mm-hmm. There's a Walmart sack in the trash can. With his receipt. And in that bag is the receipt of the purchase of the suitcase. What a dumbass. And the gloves and the actual pair of gloves. That he used. used gloves. Which are going to have her DNA on them. They find blood stains on the carpet, blood stains on the mattress. Through luminol or he didn't even clean them up? You just see them. Oh, what a... Man, he's stupid. <laughs> blood stains on the bedspread, blood on the inside of the gloves, and the outside. So that means he had already killed her and then he put the gloves on after? Maybe to put her in the suitcase. So, let me get this straight. He bought gloves so he wouldn't spread his fingerprints. Maybe. But he didn't put the gloves on until after he killed her to put her in the suitcase. I think his goal was to get his, to not get his prints on the suitcase. Okay. <laughs> I'm guessing. So, they track him down because oh, clearly... Shit. He's a dumbass. Um, so, they do test the gloves and identify that the blood inside, that all of the DNA inside the gloves is Resendo's and everything outside is Summer's. And all the blood inside the hotel room comes Hers. back to Summers. So they track him down. He's at his parents' house in San Antonio. So he hauled ass out of there. So they go to they go to arrest him, and he doesn't even ask why. The DA's like, anytime I've ever arrested an innocent person, they've always been like, what are you here for? Why what? are you here? He's like, some people will play around and pretend like they don't know. But they get real quiet the closer they get to the police station. But they're when they're relentless and they don't stop, they truly don't know why they're being arrested. He said, but not only was he not surprised that we said, we're from Lubbock, we're here to arrest you. If you know, if you want to be like, why, why I wasn't even in Lubbock? So it sounded like he didn't even care if he got caught. He didn't care. Yeah. That's why he wasn't very careful with what he left in the room and using his credit card and all that. Right. When they get to his parents' house, they search the home and they find the lime green shirt he was wearing in the video at Walmart and his laptop. I'm about to throw a giant wrench. Oh shit. Am I going to like... be pissed off and flip my uh, I hope not there's a lot of expensive equipment on this table so yes. I can't so when researching his computer they see that when as soon as he got back to his parents house he started going on the internet searching for news media in Lubbock for summer and a girl named Joanne Rogers okay am I supposed to know that name no but he's looking up to see if they found summer and he's looking oh up to see- so he's already killed somebody else so they're like, hmm, who's, who's Joanne this? Rogers? So then they start researching Joanne Rogers, and she's a 16-year-old girl that disappeared in May of 2004. Oh, my God. So apparently, Joanne Rogers' mother stated that she came home about 1230 a.m., and they saw her go to bed. She told them goodnight, and she went to bed. The next morning, her mom went to wake her. Her car keys were there, car, her wallet, her cell phone, but she was gone. So, so she just disappeared in the she night. She just disappeared. So police 
looked into her disappearance. The DA's like, usually when teenagers disappeared like this, they turned up after a while. They were runaways. Or they have their, at least have their phone. Yes. I mean, they're not going to leave. They might run away, but they're going to damn sure have their phone. They get mad at their parents, but Mm -hmm. they always come back. You know, or they'll go be with a friend because they're not old enough to really be on their own or they get arrested for being out past curfew or what have you. So they weren't really in a hurry because there was no sign of forced entry. There was no there was just no sign. Yeah, but a mother knows like as a mom, you know, like, you know, if your child is somebody that's going to run away or if they're not. And if you say they're not, sometimes I don't think the cops believe the parents Mm -hmm. and they just kind of dismiss it as a runaway. Yeah. They start searching for her. Um, They put posters up. They do searches. Uh, She had an 18-year-old boyfriend, and he wouldn't take part in the searches, and they thought that was weird. That is weird. Um, They found her really odd, but he just said, I don't want to be the one to find her. If something's wrong with her, I don't want to be, I don't want to, I don't want, you can tell me afterwards, but I don't want to be a part of it. And so they really drilled him, but he had, he had an alibi that turned out, and there was just... Nothing Some people are just like that. They were like, because once I, you see that image, you can't unsee and it. And if he loved her and had feelings for her, like you don't want to see someone like that, you know. They're trying to figure out like where she would go, so they find out through her computer that she was spending a lot of time talking to older men online. Uh oh. And one of those older men was, was our friend Rodriguez. Lime Green T-shirt. Yep. They had proof of their chats online, so you can pull that up. And they chatted before he was supposed so to go to military. So she snuck out training. and she went to go meet him. So when they arrested him for the murder of Summer Baldwin and they look back at his phone records, they see that the night that Joanne Rogers went missing, Rosendo Rodriguez made a phone call to Joanne by the towers. 15 minutes later, called her again from outside her home, but no calls were ever made to her after that. Because she went and met the lime green. I wonder if he had the same lime green t-shirt on. (laughs) So they basically know they have him, right? They have all this evidence. But they don't know where she is. No. So they're like, we want to know what happened. And so he's like, okay, I'll tell you what happened with Summer. Okay, because they don't tell him everything yet. I um, had just finished training for the day and I went to a bar downtown. I took her back to the hotel. We had consensual sex. And then this crazy woman pulls out a yellow banana colored knife. Oh, okay. And she went towards me and tried to stab me. And I reached for her wrist and I turned her around and I put her in a chokehold and she died. And when I realized she was dead, I didn't know what to do, so I went to Walmart, and I got all the supplies, and um, and they're like, so you never thought one time to ask for help, and in the video, you sure look calm, and he does. He's like, <laughs> like walking around, <laughs> like with the suitcase, on wheels, shopping, like looking in the frozen section. The way you did that, and the way your <laughs> bun was moving is cracking me up. Like, he's looking at snacks. You whistled. I did whistle. He's um, looking at snacks, and yeah, that's and a bullshit. Like was there a suitcase. yellow knife in the hotel room? Or on her. Anyway. So, like, he's pulling the suitcase knowing what he's going to do with it while he's looking at, like, He doesn't look stressed out. No. And even, like, when he walks to his car, he's, like, da-da-da, walking (laughs) to my car. Like, not worried at all that most likely there's a dead woman in your hotel room that at any moment somebody could come in your room. You're not worried. So, the DA is, like, okay, we have a hard situation here because if we try him... And for some reason, he gets away with it. It doesn't stick. We can then try him for Joanne's murder, but we have no body. Mm-hmm. We have the idea. We pretty much know. But until he tells us where her body is and we can prove his story makes sense, besides the phone call, that's all we have. What? But can you go back? Is this a repeated thing? Maybe he'd put her in a suitcase, too, and she's in the trash somewhere. So the DA's like, listen, we can give you a plea for capital murder from capital murder 
with death penalty to life in prison if you tell us where Joanne is. We'll take death off the table. And he's like, er. And so before they do that, they talk to Summer's family. And they're like, I know you want to see him put to death. He, he deserves it. But this other little girl out here, that little girl that was yeah, taken. Yeah, she was only 16. And her mom's like, absolutely. Like, do I, it. whatever needs to happen. Like, him going to jail, just him being arrested and put behind bars is justice enough. Mm-hmm. And if it means that's all he gets, that's all And he this gets. little girl's family gets closure. And then the little girl gets to rest mm-hmm. in peace the way she should. Good answer, parents. So he agrees. He's like, okay, fine. I don't want to die. So he says that he did contact Joanna online and that she agreed to meet him in the alley behind her house. And they had consensual sex in his Bronco. And he said she then told him, oh, by the way, I'm actually not 21. I'm 16. And if you don't give me money, I'm going to blackmail you and say statutory rape. And then you're going to be in big trouble. So he choked her out. So there's a pattern with him. Took her to his apartment, put her in a black suitcase. I told you. Drove to a dumpster and threw her in it. I told you. Oh, my God. I don't want to be right about that kind of shit. So he took them to the dumpster where he dropped them. And how long? For 29 months, they went through this landfill. This landfill is two years deep, they said. And three football fields So it was the same landfill where they found Summer. But it was just, and so that time nobody called, it didn't get called attention. Nobody noticed it. Nobody noticed it. And you know, it was the same thing because mm-hmm. he was comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He got right? away with it the first time. He knew time. what he was doing. And that suitcase was actually his. So had that suitcase been found, his oh, DNA would have been all over The first one was his. Yes. He didn't go buy it. No. That, he, was, a, that was his suitcase. For, after 29 months, they run out of money to continue searching for her. And they're like, we're going to be in big trouble because if even though he's admitted to it, we still don't have a body. And if we don't find her, this this deal isn't going to go through. You find the money somewhere. So this gave me chills in the document. They rallied. All the volunteers of Lubbock rallied. And can you imagine searching in the landfill? I would have done it. I would have done it. And they did it for five days. On the fifth day, she was found. Good All that job. was left of her was her hair and her bones. In, in the suitcase. In the suitcase. So, so at least records. she was all contained in one area. Because yes. yes. imagine if she hadn't been, there would be the likelihood of finding her altogether would have been awful. Yeah. When they her find her, mom. then they go before the judge to prepare to close the deal and send him away. And you know how, like, have you watched in some of like the court cases where when they take a plea deal, they stand before the judge and the judge is like, now, do you understand this? this is what it, he's like, I don't understand. I don't know. Oh, my God. His attorneys were probably like, shut the fuck up. So. Because you don't want to go in front of a jury. No. Well, guess what happened? His attorney's like, well, let me get him checked out. Oh, he's not fit to, to <sighs> he's not fit to say that he's guilty or not. So his only option at this point, the deal's off the table and he's going to trial. Okay. For the death penalty. And juries are so unpredictable. So in March of 2008, he went to trial for double homicide. Okay. And it took one hour of deliberation and he was found guilty. Okay, good. to death by lethal injection because that had to be taken off. Because of was, his plea. He but he couldn't, never, but the plea deal didn't work. The plea, the plea deal was taken off the plate because he right. said he didn't know what he right. didn't understand. So he wasn't prosecuted for Joanna's murder. Oh, shit. Why? Because that she was part of the plea deal. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. He, he, I'm sure they had enough evidence on him to show that he did it. 
I have to go back and listen to exactly what How, they there's said. There's no way. But they were saying that because Just she because was part it, of because she was part of the plea deal that in order to the plea deal stated that if he gave her if he gave them where her body was, the death penalty would be taken off. Right. Well now because he they're saying he can't say he's guilty. He's so that means the, that means he didn't take the plea deal. That failed. Right. So and he had to they go couldn't you because they got because her body was part of a plea deal. And that's the only form of evidence they have. All that goes away. That's bullshit. And so they weren't able to try him for her murder. I hate that. But on um, March 27th of 2018, at 38 years old, he was executed by lethal injection. Good. In the interview prior, he stated, um, the state may have my body, but they'll never have my soul because that belongs to God. No, it belongs to the devil because you're a piece of shit and you're going straight to hell. And his last words were, with that Lord into your hand, I commend my spirit. I have fought the good fight. I have ran the race. I have accomplished what God intended me to do. Warden, I am ready to join my father. Here I go. Straight to hell. I don't think they should have, I don't think they deserve the right to say a damn thing. Is that mean? No, I agree. I mean, it's, I know they're human beings. Even then. But the, what he did to those girls, he doesn't deserve anything. Like, I understand we have to feed them and they have to have a, place to sleep but why because they're human beings regardless but you don't have to they they shouldn't get their last meal they shouldn't get to say anything they should have to sit in there and look at the victim's families and live with the repercussions of their actions and then he tried to do a couple appeals but dude there's so much evidence so you take this situation and you look at brandon woodruff and you're like yeah exactly i mean in this situation yeah i see why it took you two days to arrest him Mm -hmm. The, why you deliberated an hour. And, yeah, the, the evidence is overwhelming. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I am glad that at least he told them where she was, the, the little girl. And I'm glad they were able to put an end to her disappearance and her parents were able to sleep well and know where she went. And, and, and not give her a proper burial exactly. and have a place to go mourn her death. And, but both of them looked very similar. I'll put pictures up. They're both like strawberry blonde hair. So, he had a type. He did have a type. And so was there any any indication as to, like, is he just a serial killer? Did he have a bad childhood? Does he have the typical, no. you know, he did, had did a he great, abuse animals? He had, and no. no. He I just, think it was about power. I think this first girl, I think it was supposed to just be a hookup. I don't think that it was supposed to be anything other than that. And I think when, I think that... When she told him how old she was, I don't think she said she was going to blackmail him. So you believe the story that he thought she was older? Yeah. I'm sure if she was old, he think she was? 18. Because he was only 21. So I think Mm. he thought she was 18 because she was only talking to men that were much older than her. Fair enough, but still. So it's not like he was the only one. So I think he met her thinking she was older and maybe, maybe she said she was a virgin I mean, I don't, there's no proof if, if they True. even had sex, but it's very possible that in that conversation, she, he realized like, oh my God, I'm in the military. If I get caught, like yeah, I'm going down. And I think with his training and her being so little, I think he was an accident and he covered it up and it wasn't good. And I think in this next moment, he got a rush. Off he of got it a rush. Off he's off like, of wow, he's that's like, really I got away with it. He did the same thing that he did to the and little And he's girl. like, oh, wait. I just need to go buy a suitcase. And- well, good on the person at the landfill that saw the suitcase because mm-hmm. that that is the key, clearly, mm-hmm. because the other little girl was there for two years. So if he hadn't seen that, 
like he could still be out there doing it, mm-hmm. which I'm not a fan of because my daughter goes there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't want that shit happening. I will kill me some motherfuckers. Same. So that is the suitcase killer. Very good story. Rest yep. in peace, Summer, and rest in peace, Joanna, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And I hope you're having fun down there with Hitler, lime green shirt. <laughs> I hope they make you wear a lime green shirt. Yeah. And him. like he rode a bus back to he rode a bus to San Antonio. He didn't drive his truck. He rode a bus, a Greyhound bus. Oh, before from, they before they got mm-hmm. him, rode a Greyhound bus from Lubbock to San Antonio, and he there they found pictures. Damn, of him. that's a long way. God. Pictures of him on his cell phone that he sent his girlfriend in San Antonio in the fucking lime green shirt with the remember the white shelled necklaces that got yeah douche douche big douche. He's wearing that, and he's, like, smiling real big with his sunglasses on. Miss you, love you, on my way home. Yeah, it's a poor girlfriend. Can you imagine what she thought when she found out? I bet she was like, thank you, Jesus, he didn't do anything like that to yeah. me. Oh, my God. You never really know someone, huh? Mm-mm. You definitely don't. All right, that's a good story. Is that a wrap? That's a wrap. All right. So rest in peace, Summer and Joanna. Yep. Until next time. Thank you, guys. Uh, we appreciate your support and your love and your continued following and your sharing and subscribing and liking and all that stuff. So keep up the good work and congrats, congrats to us for the 50th case file and we'll catch you on the flip side. All right. Bye y'all. Bye y'all.